podcast, Picks and Perspectives, with Chris Johnson. Yo, dude. Yo. <laughs> What's uh, up, man? Oh, brother. It's so good to see your face. Man, you know what? It's good to be seen, man. I ain't going to lie to you. In the wake of all this going on and just such mayhem and chaos, man, just trying to find some sanity. Mm. With, you know, within oneself is a is a, is a is a priceless gem, as I as they say. But yeah, things are going good, man. How about you? Well, things are good here too. Uh, um, I'm this is my last podcast I'm doing from LA. I'm actually moving back up north. Uh, I saw to- your I saw your text. Uh, you, you know, uh, you uh, but you make sure you keeping your uh, yoga and Pilates, folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I see you doing that's that's cool, man. I'm proud of you, man. Oh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate that, man. It's uh it's definitely a passion on on the side of things outside of music, you know. And it helps. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Are you uh, you at the studio now or where where you at? I, I am, as you see. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Ooh, look at that guitar. Yeah, man. A a, a huge fan of mine by the name of Palmer Ruffin. Who actually lives in uh, San Diego? Uh, either San Diego, San Diego. He is one. He is uh, a respiratory nurse that is on the front lines of all this stuff. And uh, he had this guitar made for me, and it has my face and everything on it. Whoa! And he had it built like that. It's all the way up the side, and if you turned it on the back side, it got me on the back too. Whoa! It's crazy, <laughs> and it got me on the ne- on the on the next nameplate. What? It's insane, bro. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me see. There it is. There it is. Whoa, that is <laughs> that is some attention to detail. I wonder how they did that. That is crazy. It, it is insane, bro. It is crazy. And then I'm at the bottom down there. So if you look at it that way, uh huh. The whole. <sighs> it's insane, man. It was. I great. love that. Palmer Ruffin, a good friend of mine. And is but, uh, that a is that a Fender or is that a, a custom guitar? It's a Fender, actually. He okay. had it all custom done up by the Fender shop. Amazing. Yeah. So I just have this one with me at the moment, but I am uh, at an undisclosed location uh, working on this um, acoustic album that uh, I can't say when. It will come out, uh, but it just hit me to work. It just it dawned on me to go ahead and work on it. And uh, I've been in for like almost three weeks, man. And uh, I got like 20 songs in. And uh, it's insane, bro. Uh, of course, it will follow at some point, possibly, after this uh, next record that uh, my good friend Joe is going to produce. And... You know, we, you know, still uh, holding faith to that. And it's definitely still on the books to get recorded this year sometime in September, you know, though this whole pandemic, you know, slowed everything down. And, you know, I've been in, I've been in, you know, constant chats and texts with Joe and, uh, you know, we're both just checking on each other and, you know, we're both kind of going stir crazy and, Mm. you know, we've been, you know, just canceled completely and, as far as I know, I think that he just basically canceled everything that he had going on for the rest of the year. 
And uh, we were just chatting about, you know, stuff that's keeping us sane at the moment. And he texted me and told me, yeah, I told him, I said, man, at least we have this record that mm. we're going to work on that later on this year. And he said, yeah, dude, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Actually, the, your record is what he said to me. Your record is the one thing that's keeping me sane right now. So oh. uh, we, we definitely uh, got some diving in that we're going to do and coming out of the trenches is full stream ahead. So. Oh it, man, it, we should we, we should be we should be all right. But for right now, you know, we just uh, taking it easy. Uh, I'm watching the news and seeing how things are slightly lifting a little bit. And uh, I have a I have a uh, a face to face get together and laying everything out on the table later on this month. So all goes well and nothing don't rare back up. I'll be on a flight out to L.A. at the end of the month to spend about and uh good buddy josh josh smith uh to you know get our collaboration on and kind of pool everything that we got coming from all perspective minds and hash it all out so that's what my short term you know kind of immediate future plans are right now and trying not to get too fat and you know <laughs> You know, my wife, LaDonna, you know, she's a cook freak. So she, you know, got, got the meals all served up and everything, bro. Before all this, I was weighing 190. Right now, I weigh 215. Man, <laughs> I, I, need, I need to take one of your classes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I've been gaining a little weight here, too. I was, I was right, like, around 190. I'm, like, 210 right now. So. Oh, it's, it's, just, it's insane. It's just insane. I mean, Even with doing yoga, right? That's, that's insane, bro. So, I'm just trying to, you know, it's, 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 this is unreal. Like, I don't think me or you in our lifetime have ever seen anything like this to uh -uh. come across our past. You know, where it had an effect on everything that could possibly be happening in our world. And uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, was it a wake up? Did, did this come about from a divine being to let the world know that? You guys have gotten so derailed on what the actual essence of life is about that, you know what, I need to let y'all know that you need to reel it back in and know what's the real, you know, essential things that you should be caring about. And I think that everyone somewhere, somehow or another, has lost sight of what mm. really and actually matters. Now you, we've all been placed in a predicament where we got no choice but to, you know, sit and, 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 and uh, you know, face things and deal with them and, you know, and, and try to figure it out. Unfortunately, it, you know, it had a derailment on the livelihoods of how we do what we do. And, uh, you know, it's forced us to come up with creative ways to try to you know, keep some currency and keep the bills paid. And unfortunately mm. for musicians, it's the toughest shit ever to register as um, a citizen and get any sort of assistance because of the line of work that we do. Now there are some agencies that have come up and sprouted up and, and, and created some, some, some sort of a domain areas to provide assistance and help and stuff like that to uh, entertainers and, 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 and people of all walks of life in that aspect. And, uh, you know, they're trudging, but, you know, it's just not, it's not as abundant as, you know, the masses of people that 
work and all of that. But at the same token, at the same token, Chris, I think that you would agree with this. We still are tax paying people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we fall in the tax carrying tax paying category, but you know, for some kind of reason, our contribution to the world is kind of the etch sketch is shaken back to a blank screen when it comes to the woes mm. and concerns of us as entertainers. You know what I mean? So I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know, you know, what the new norm is going to be as it comes to, it pertains to touring and all that st- sort of stuff. And uh, I just hope that, you know, I can fare, you know, us as, you know, entertainers, musicians and singers and theater and all that stuff can fare out in trying to, you know, keep a living going. You know, you see a post every day from friends out there that's in the industry that don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and now they're, they have been, you know, uh, 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 deducted all the way down to, you know, uh, swallowing pride and and, 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 and and sucking it up and going and working a day job. I mean, at this point, you got to do what you got to do because right. otherwise you on the street and relying on help from, you know, outside entities ain't coming. And no. if it's coming, it ain't coming fast enough. And a lot of these people got families and everything. You know what I mean? And mm. I don't know. So that's my take on that whole situation. I'm just trying to take it easy, man, you know, and, uh, you know, just not go too insane. And at the same time, try not to let these uh, hardship times bring upon myself as a a drug addict, if you know what I mean, as Mm -hmm. a drug addict to bring about old thoughts and old, you know, woe is me and case of fuck it's and you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I just pray that everybody that's in uh, uh, recovery or whatever, they hold strong to it because now it's sometimes that can cause you to have cases and feelings of, I don't give a fuck no more and whatever, whatever. So I'm just, you know, I pray that all is, you know, keep the strength and just try to keep pursuing through, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, and that's so true. It is. It has always been tough for musicians uh, in every era to be uh, registered as a bona fide tax-paying entity and be, uh, you know, something that's not marginalized because they, a, they take the music and they spin it out. You know, like everything's streamed and everything is discounted. Everybody thinks that they should get that stuff for free or right. or low cost. And then now we're in a space where it's like the last livelihood of live music and merchandising um, isn't there right now, you know, not in the yeah. same way it was. And um, right. the good, the good news I think for the community is that, uh, and what, what the, the oppressive powers uh, that be might not understand is that we are a creative mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. And when we will get in around and through this because of our uh, invention, because of our uh, willingness to, to look at the, the problem or the challenge with fresh eyes and move through it. And, you know, some, some people that are, are clinging to old ways might not make it through. Um, But, but those that, those of us that stay fresh, you know, and, and keep our minds fresh. um, I think, I think it's going to work out. I mean, well, even through a a second wave or whatever might come our way. Um, But yeah, I mean, and I, I do believe that, you know, I think we're supposed to take a, a, a step back. I think we're supposed to consider, you know, like, hey, maybe stay home a little bit and like reevaluate your life. Right. Some, some I agree. 
I agree, man. I mean, who knows? All I, you know, who knows? And like right now, it's, <laughs> you know, the emoji that puts the hands up like this, like, you know, I don't you know. We don't know, man. We don't know. And, you know, I, I can honestly say, and it's just my opinion, and the powers that be that's supposed to be our leader is not given the proper, you know, the proper uh, 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 light of day, so to say, uh, speeches to help ease the sleep patterns away from not getting any sleep of us as American citizens on a nightly basis. And unfortunately, there are many that are getting hardly to no sleep at all due to, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, not being, you know, okay, yeah, signing these trillion dollar things and this and this and that. I mean, why is it going off the wrong way? Like, why is the wrong businesses getting all of this buyout money and mm. being made send money back just because then they wouldn't have made them send it back if the smaller businesses didn't complain about why are they getting these buyouts and, you know, and but the average small business owner who really needs it that has no way to survive, you know, forget about trying to keep your employees on a payroll or payroll bailout or whatever and all that stuff. There's no way. There's no way. Because let's be honest about it. They were already struggling before this pandemic even hit. So sure. to be honest with you, you know, like, you know, it's just a warped, you know, I just don't know. I can't figure out all the answers. All I know is <laughs> that, you know, what I am comfortable in doing is playing music and, you know, leaving everything that I have out on stage and giving people the avenue of uh, being able to forget about all the terrible woes of can't pay your bills and, you know, life uh, mistreatments and things like that, at least for an hour and a half plus, I am able to provide some sort of getaway, some sort of cow gun mm. take me away at that moment in time where we connect with raw emotions and raw feeling and I pour my heart out and just mm. play what my play what my play what my feelings sound like and hope that they get the message. <clears throat> well I'll 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 testify to that. Uh, I have <clears throat> I've told you many times that uh that your playing and your the way that you do what you do and how you showed up in this world affects me deeply. Uh, when I see you play, and I, I'm still feeling reverberations from our first hang at the Dunlop <laughs> sessions. When I sat next to your wife, Ladonna, that sweet woman, and I, you know, I had known only a little bit about you at that at that time. And the guys at Dunlop had all said, "Oh man, Eric's he's a madman. Like just wait till you see him play live, you know." And then, <laughs> and then it got, we got there and we set up at that session. And I felt so good about everything. And you, you, you hooked up with the with Aaron and uh, what's the bass player's name? Uh, Steve, Steve Evans. Yeah, Steve Evans. You hadn't even played with them in a while, and you guys were just messing around. And I, I tell the story to a few friends because I've been in so many sessions. I've been mm -hmm. in, I've been hundreds uh, of sessions sitting there with video cameras and lights and everything ready to go and watch all these great players do take after take after take to get a song right. And I watch you guys humbly just hang out warm up a little bit and be like hey hey are you guys ready let's try let's try it out one turn okay let's do that one tune and right. then i i sat there aghast tripping on on how good that first take was and i was like well you want to do and you're like yeah no nah, i'm good i was fine let's do the next one <laughs> and then there and there was not one second take of any of those four songs that day and there's a fourth song somewhere that we haven't released but 
Man. You, know, you know, like, and I, 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 I was just like, I'm still reeling from that reverberation because I've been in all these other sessions and to watch you uh, be so sure of yourself. And I don't know what happened, you know, uh, exactly in your life that uh, allowed you to be so confident. Maybe it's your, your devout belief in God and your overcoming of all these challenges. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can speak to that a little bit, but I tell you, each time I hear, and then all these different times we, we did the thing at, at NAMM where you came and sat right. in on the booth and I was like, what right. are you going to play? And you're like, I don't know. I'm yeah, like, no you look over at Mono Neon or whoever else is sitting there and like, how about, how about just like you start vamping on something and you guys right. just start falling in. And, right. and there's this moment I, I see often in some of my favorite performances of yours is that your eyes kind of roll back a little bit. Oh. And it's like, it's like you're getting, receiving a transmission. And, um, and I think that, I think that you're right. You know, like your, your, your creative ability and uh, gift is to, to lift us up, you know, to, to, to be someone that is, a, that has the gift to, to give that kind of uh, and it's not, it's not just a distraction, but it's an inspiration. Wow. Um, you know, man, I truly appreciate that observation and, not until two minutes of you talking about that story did it not dawn on me that you actually were there uh, as a pretty much a damn director. Mm -hmm. uh, you were very, <laughs> you were very <laughs> involved with making them Dunlap sessions happen and do people talk about that so much. And now it even came back to me that it was like a godlike moment. Um, mm. You know, because the vibe and the emotion and everything that was felt amongst that room of us four or five people was so intense uh, as if it was a stadium of a hundred thousand people, and 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 uh, it, it was you know it was it was surreal to actually you know actually be brought back to that moment in time. I appreciate that. Um, mm. uh, also. You know, he, he, you know, you asked me to speak on, you know, the transmittance of that and, and how that happened, how that happens. Actually, you know, there is a point of so much. Uh, let me preface it with this. Uh, the most worst times in life, as it pertains to me, is the most intense creation bed believe it or not for me mm. uh my loved ones that's passed away thinking about times that you know i wanted to take myself out and when all of those things come into my mind it makes me dive that much deeper into that bag of emotion that is um it's it's unadulterated it is very undeniable that I am playing from a point of, of sheer raw, uh, I would like to say pain, because generally it's a point of pain that I'm, I'm playing from. Now, mm. playing from a point of pain brings me to an absolute point of joy. Now, by saying that, that quote in itself is enough to be stamped with big quotation marks around it. Because for me, again, 
pulling from a point of pain helps me wind up in a complete place of joy. Because after you have gone through such emotion of stuff that has encountered in my life uh, that I have been through and I don't understand, I said this in the podcast yesterday with my friend Mike Zito, I don't understand how that I am sitting here holding this phone, having this conversation with you and mm-hmm. hadn't been long, long, long ago had somebody reading my eulogy. To be honest with you, I don't understand how that is. What makes me feel like the reason that I'm still here is because that, because of the fact that it never, it, I haven't died yet. So that me to die at that point in time was not the end of my story. So that is such powerful information to take with me going forward, uh, uh, especially especially, you know, I thought for the longest that playing music and being gifted in what I do was my sole purpose in life. No, it's not. And that Mm -hmm. came within the last four years, once July 15th of August 6th of of, of 2016 uh, came, and that was my sober date, as my sober birth date. And once that came, dude, I promise you, it got even more deeper once I lifted the cloud. Uh, mm. Once the cloud got lifted away, and and uh, just for you know that to you know, I just can't believe that. So I, I remember what I was saying. My my point in life and my purpose in life was to tell my story every single night before the show on that stage and let every single person know this is what I've been through. And this is the magnitude of the depth that I fell deep into. But now you see a person standing in front of you that telling you that some kind of way I came out. I came out with another opportunity to come even harder than before. And I think that that is the purpose that I went through everything that I went through and not die just to give this new audience this new anybody that come and watches the show to let them know if not you yourself i bet you a close family member or a friend that you know is going through right now what i'm telling you that i went through before and Mm. i want to allow you an opportunity to let the tears fall from your face let them fall from your face and let you know that you're not alone so you now can watch and witness this new creation that's on this stage giving you everything that I have while I play, while the tears roll down my face and you understand exactly where I'm coming from. So for that, it's, it's really emotional for me to be able to try to talk about that. And I just try, I try every day to be better in some right. kind of way it works. So, <laughs> making me my t- tears are falling from my face right now brother I just, Man, it's, deep. it's deep bro it's Thank really really sharing really that yeah Woo. wow i man. thank god for you man uh i really do woo. that's wow. that's powerful wow I, uh, that's what i was gonna say man your music is is it is it is a it's the vehicle right it's the vehicle for your message and uh and i think that that sometimes we get lost you know like in um oh the music that music is the apex point and it and it music is 
is, is beautiful. It's a form of communication. It's a form of, of expression. And, and it's, right. it's how you express yourself uh, the most at the highest vibration, right? Like the highest level of your knowing comes through uh, not just your beautiful words and, and the way that you, you paint this, but, but through the, the things you don't say and, and the things that can't be expressed, but, you know, through words, but you find a way to, to, to share it with us through the guitar and through the way you orchestrate the song structure and how, how, what you choose to, to, to put into that container. And, um, and that's why that's why your music and your playing to me stands so high up on the ladders because it's infused with a spiritual knowing with a with a right. I have overcome right feeling you know it's it's deep man you, I think you just hit the hammer on the head I mean if there was ever a, a description done by a person who hosted a podcast you get the reward. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother, thank you. <laughs> you pretty damn good, man. You all right, man. I don't care what nobody say about me. <laughs> uh, man, I miss you. I wish, I wish we were closer, but... Uh, yeah, man. Would you, would you, would you, uh, you mind telling, telling us a little bit about, uh, about, like, when you first started playing with your brothers and how, when, when you first picked up a guitar pick... Do you remember yeah, your man. first couple of guitar picks? And I do. I do. Uh, I started at four years old. I'm the youngest of, of five brothers. And uh, we all, music was all around. Uh, I had aunts, aunties, uncles, nephews, nieces, cousins, mom and dad. Somewhere music was all around. So I would hear them. And, you know, I uh, got drawn to the drums at three, even before picking up the guitar. And, mm. uh now, all this time, I had no conscious awareness of my brother, older brothers who were playing left-handed and upside down. It didn't even dawn <laughs> on me. So when I picked up the guitar the first time at four years old, it never even registered to me what way I was playing. It was comfortable to me playing upside down backwards. So I did that, and, uh, you know, my brothers, you know, said, wow, man, this, you know. And I was playing my older brother's guitar, which had, I was sneaking and playing it, it had uh, 12 gauge strings on it at the time. Oof. So I'm playing a guitar with 12 gauge strings on it at four years old. And I'm being turned on to stuff like Albert King and Stevie Ray. And, and these guys do some very heavy string bending. And, you know, I just knew I wanted to learn what I was listening to. So uh, I think that, um, that uh, sort of uh, introduction to the guitar, the way that it was with those strings being like barbed wire at the time uh, was conditioning for me to not have a problem with the tens that I play now or being able to push strings. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, kind of training my fingers to, you know, it was building up, building up uh, you know, endurance and things of that nature to be able to, you know, go forth and, you know, go hours on end and, and just practice. And, you know, my brother would come home and, you know, uh, say, if you learn this song by in the morning, I'll take you to go get you a big hamburger and ice cream. And that was the <laughs> highlight for me. You know what I mean? And when he came in that next morning, I said, bro, is this it? He said, damn, bro, damn, you... 
And this was like me being six or seven years old. And he was turning me on to like Stevie Ray and Albert King and Muddy Waters and Hendrix. And, you know, and, and, and he saw that I had some seriousness about it. And all the while, my other brother, little Jimmy King, who had a record deal of his own, and he was doing his own thing in the blues, in the, in the hardcore blues world. And he finally got, uh, you know, well-known uh, with his, within his own right. And Albert King adopted him as his godson. So mm. he was touring with Albert King for quite a while. So, you know, then the record deal came. And uh, at 15, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, we got the interest of, you know, 12, 13 different major record labels. And, you know, we winded down to Electra, and we were off to the races after that. You know, I was still in high school. You know, the quarter million dollar record deal came while I was in the 10th grade. <laughs> so wow. we did that. And uh, I would tour on the weekends, be back in school. Uh, being marching band, I was in marching band rehearsal every day till about six or seven o'clock. I would leave that, go to the studio, record all night, and come back to school. So it was like I was juggling quite a bit of stuff, mm -hmm. as, you know, as a youngin. You know what I mean? So that that you know happened, and you know, two records ensued, and then there came you know a point that you know I got really disappointed in a conversation that was had between us and the then record label president of Electra and uh, it basically uh, was it really broke my heart um, he basically we had recorded the second record of what we thought that was fantastic he flew us to New York just to put us in a conference room to tell us he didn't like the record do it over again and that mm -hmm. just uh, I, this broke me down, man, in a bad way. And uh, shortly after that is where, you know, I started, you know, finding comfort in street life. And, you know, I started doing rap stuff with Triple Six Mafia and all kinds of stuff where it ensue. And, you know, that's where the, you know, serious drug <clears throat> part of my life, you know, that, that's where it was birthed. And... Uh, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I say that, you know, my first time trying cocaine was the worst decision that I ever, that I ever did. And, uh, it took me on a run that I would have never known that had carried me out for almost 30 years mm -hmm. after that. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of neglect, you know, of everything, hygiene, self-appearance. You know, it took my teeth out away and just, I was, you know, I would have to, when somebody said that this is Eric Gales, people didn't believe me. I had to pull my ID out for someone to believe that it was me because I looked so, you know, I, I just, I was basically gone. I was a zombie for a long time. But, you know, after all that, you know, things came about and, uh, you know, life got turned around uh, so thankful so that it did. And, you know, I just began to, you know, finally, I tried to get together, get it together, but do it my own way, and that didn't work, and I'd fall back in. Did that a few times, and I'd fall back in, but, you know, I finally married, you know, I was in a marriage before to my ex-wife, and rest her soul, and, you know, she passed away early 2012, but we had been estranged uh, prior to that, and, uh, you know, I met, you know, Donna, my wife, and, uh, from there it just you know she always you know she's always told me babe you know a lot of people care about you and love you for what it is that you do but i love you for who you are not for what you do i love eric the, the human being first mm. you know 
the guitar player comes second to me. <laughs> you know, that was some of the most realest, rawest stuff that I ever heard before. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, you know, and uh, I was shown a different kind of love that I had, in my opinion, had never known before. You know, I'd known it from my parents and my brothers and stuff like that, but I had drifted so far away that it was like foreign to me, you know, because most mm. of everybody that was around me were, were yes people. And that didn't always do me no good, you know what I mean? So, you know, right. it almost killed me. It almost killed me quite a few times. So, you know, she come around and for the first four years, I tried to play that Jekyll and Hyde role. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she didn't come from a world of drugs and all that. So she just knew that something was wrong with me and she didn't know what. And it got to a point to where she couldn't take watching me kill myself on a daily basis. And, you know, she definitely let me know that, you know, I love you to death, but I love you so much that I'm willing to let you go because I can't watch you kill yourself like that. And, you know, something sparked in me and uh, I come home and I said, drive me to Nashville. I'm checking myself in. And she mm -hmm. didn't believe me because I'd said it a few times before and wasn't serious. So it's a seven hour drive from Greensboro, North Carolina to Nashville, Tennessee. And she thought just for sure that I was going to get out at a rest stop on the way and not come back. And, you know, but when we pulled into that facility and I went in and I told her, I said, babe, this is it. I said, I can't follow you back out that door because I have to stay in here. So when she knew that I was serious, it was then at that point when she had to drive seven hours back home uh, with the thoughts of because we'd never been apart. Uh, we were always together. So she went back home and just cried, man, just cried the whole way. And, uh, you know, but who would have who thought that it took and, and uh, July 15th would be four years for me. And uh, I never would have thought I could put together four days, bro. So to be, <laughs> you know, let alone four hours, to be honest with you, four hours was a real stretch to ask me to not do no dope for four hours, bro. I'm talking about you got wow. a, you got a real fight on your hands, and uh, I'm doing everything to defy you. But you know things turned around, man, and 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 accolades, and you know. But the thing I realized is that man, everybody in this world that wanted to have some association or dealings with me or do business with me. Everyone had been waiting on me to get my shit together. And as soon as it happened, you know, stuff started mm. falling in, it started coming. And uh, I started to realize a life that I kind of remembered before the dope. But, you know, uh, I just don't, it's hard for me to even put together the person that's now. And, you know, the person that's now, I got my license. I can't believe that, bro. I got driver license. I got, you know, for 20 some years, bro, I was riding around bogus and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, like, fuck. You know, I was behind in like 40, 50 grand and ch child support, back payments, all that shit's paid off, bro. And like, mm. I can't believe it was her that helped me realize, babe, the sooner you get this stuff out of the way, then you can begin to. You know what I mean? You have a free mm -hmm. seat, bro. I got four. I got four credit cards of my own. Like I, I just don't. I, 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 bro, I come on here, man. I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I really don't. It's not meant for me to understand. It's just meant for me to do my part, try to be better mm -hmm. than I was yesterday, 
everything, you know, allows itself to take care of itself. So those are mm. things that I share with you guys that are really proud moments in my life as a human being now. Yeah, all the number one on Billboard and, you know, this most recent, you know, two times in a row, BMA Blues Rock Award that I just got last week, a week and a half ago, like, like this is all fantastic to me. It's all beautiful. It, it's a wonderful thing, but I find more happiness in the individual things that's happening to me as a, as a human being. You take all of that away, the stuff that's happening for, to me as a man. You know what I mean? Mm, the stuff that's mm -hmm. happening as a man makes me very proud. So you take both of those and put them together. I'm flying, I'm flying higher than I have ever been high in my life with things like this that I can say that has been accomplished. That's amazing. It sounds like if I had to, to sum that all up, that love came and turned it all around. Turned it around, man. That was yeah. it. Turned it around. I'm so thankful for you meeting LaDonna and her being so uh, honest and compassionate towards your predicament and, and seeing to seeing through the whole, uh, you know, performer uh thing and 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 really wanting to know and get in and, and help a person that she saw that that needed it and needed and, and it was all about love she had to love you until oh, yeah. you were ready yep. you know yep it That's wasn't beautiful. an easy task now don't get me wrong <laughs> it was not an easy task for her and you know she wanted to dip her time or two but I'm you sure. know what he hung in there, man. He's like, man, you know what, man? I see she knew and saw the person I could be the moment that we met. And when she met me the first time, she was in the crowd in Greensboro, and she said, the first time I saw you play, I didn't even know you, but I didn't even know your story. But I knew, I felt everything that you had been through in your life by the emotions of how you were playing. So she knew that I had a story. Like she had no idea who I was when we first, when she first saw me play. But she sensed that that there was something deep and uh, very emotional about me from how I performed, and that's how we met. So mm. that day, when we got a little bit acquainted later on that evening, I told her, I said, "Man, I just met you today, but for some reason, something is telling me that I need you." And I don't know mm. why I'm telling you this, but for some reason, something is telling me that I need you. Mm. Almost eight years later, here we go. And, you know, <laughs> it. she had to, we both had to go through the ringer. No doubt we did. But now the answer has come after these many years later of the reason that we see the significance of when I told her I needed you, how it came mm. into life. Oh, yeah. It's all clear now. Yes, sir. And can you can you speak to uh, what uh, how like what your relationship to guitar picks has been through the years? Like that's kind of uh, one of the little things I like to to get the story about. It's like, did do you remember your first couple of guitar picks? And and was it one of your brothers that maybe showed you how yeah. to use one? My guitar picks have always been the regular medium guitar picks. You know, before I even mm -hmm. got into. Uh, this is my homeboy Benji right here. Say hey, that's one of my hey Benji. That's, yeah, man, that's hey, doing, man? Chris Johnson. He was yeah. uh, he was a rep for Dung Lap for years. He, oh, right. He, uh, he is a rep for Kiesel. Kiesel guitars yep. now, yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, and, uh, sweet. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Real good dude. So. You know Neil Zaza, yeah? I don't know him personally, but uh, but the company has had a long relationship with Neil for sure. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to find my pick. I got it somewhere. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Am I? Am I? Oh, yeah. So. Oh, oh yeah. That's on that side, and it's black with the, uh, you know, that's pretty dope, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's just the regular Dunlap, you know, you know, the Dunlap regular medium kicks. And I like using these. Uh, I like playing with the butt side of the pick. And oh, that's, really? you know, I, yeah, man, the, 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 the thin part of it is not enough. You know, I, I have a very hard attack. So, but a heavy is a little too heavy for me. So I need a little bit of play in it. So playing with the butt end of a medium pick works perfect for me. And I've been using that style all my life. Man, I love it. I love that how unconventional uh, uh, it, it, you're, you're playing and everything has been just out of like, how that works better for me. And you didn't even yeah. have the second thoughts around the upside down guitar. And Nope, not at all. None whatsoever. Crazy. Yeah, man, sometimes it works. If it works, it works. It might be unorthodox, but hey, man, it works for me. That's right. Well, and that's, that's a great testament to a lot of folks out there that might be trying to find their way with music and playing, that even though there is a lot of uh, traditional ways and uh, the ways that the, the most of the people, the, the majority of people do a, a certain thing, doesn't necessarily mean it's the only way or that it's necessarily the right way for you. Right. You know? Right. I agree. I agree. Very good point. I am the perfect post. I am the perfect poster <laughs> kid for that analogy. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it, man. Uh, and uh, we, what would you say? Uh, have you been like, do you listen to music, other people's music while you write and while you're putting stuff together? Or do you? It just all depends, man. Sometimes it, generally it just pops up out of sitting down and going for it. That's where, you know, a riff will come up and I'll turn that into, you know, a groove and then try to put a B-verse to it. But it's always generally with me, the music comes first before, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I may have a melody for some lyrical or something like that. And, you know, and, I, and I've always liked to collab with people as far as, you know, telling them what I want to write about and what this is about. And I may even have a melody vocally for what I'm trying to do. And, uh, you know, I have no problem collabing with people. So. You know, I think two heads are better than one, you know, but the music part is what always comes to me first. And uh, and it, it basically generates like that. That's awesome. And that, that record that you're talking about earlier, that's with Joe Bonamassa, correct? The, the, the electric record. Yeah, not the, yeah one the, that I'm, not the one that I'm at a disclosed location about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. the acoustic one, but right. the, uh, the electric record. Yes, sir. That's so cool, man. I'm so glad that you guys are working on that. Yeah. It's, what, it's, uh, it's, do you, do you have any, uh, what have you been listening to lately though? Uh, do you have any favorite players or albums that you could recommend for people to check out? Maybe we don't know about. Man, uh, I, I, I can't say that I know specific albums, but I will say, uh, um, Marcus King, definitely. I'll say, uh, Gary Clark, my dude. Mm. Uh, I'll say, you know, I'm always, you know, John Mayer, 
uh, Eric mm -hmm. Johnson, and these are anything that you could just blindly pick of any albums that these people have. And, you know, it's such a vast variety of stuff that may happen. But on any given day, man, my radio station is set on the on the uh, urban station. You know what I mean? So I like a lot of urban, you know, Drake, 2 Chains, Lil Wayne, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that stuff, too. And mm -hmm. if you knew that about my background, you could tell some of the nuances of it when you see me in a live show that I incorporate parts of, you know, not directly, but indirectly, you know, the nuances of, of that influence comes along too, you know, along with the gospel and, you know, uh, uh, you know, little jazz, little country western. I mean, it just, at, at any given time during the show, any one of those different influences will pop up, uh, no matter what it is that I'm playing playing at the time and it'll pop up i just like I, li I like it all you know delta blues everything you know from king's x to uh you know all everything man everything zach wild to you know mm -hmm. it's just it's a big melting pot of a bunch of shit that will pop its head up at any time that's awesome and uh uh i'm curious did you were you raised uh in in church or in, in a gospel setting or did you find like yeah, christianity absolutely. and all that later absolutely. absolutely i was raised in church i was in church at least two three times a week maybe more than that my mom was uh held a, a very high seat in uh in, in a church of god in christ denomination and uh you know it was you know and, and and I was playing bass with my uncle because he was a guitar player at church, and I accompanied him on bass from the age of six, seven, eight, nine years old. You know, for a long time. So gospel is one, uh, the most deep rooted influences that I would say that engulf me the most is gospel and and, and blues. Mm. So those two, and music wise, the old traditional gospel and old traditional blues. Music-wise, it's the exact same thing, if you ask me about it. You feel the same emotion. You feel the same feeling that you do. The only difference is one is talking about God, and the other one is talking about the world. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. uh, that's the only only line in the sand. But every, you know, the emotion is all the same to me. It's just my opinion on it. And, and uh, that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. That's awesome. That's well, good to know, man. That's good to know and good to hear uh, how positive you're you're able to stay during this time and uh, keep keep working and, and, and listening for what the transmission is. And it sounds like you've got this transmission for this acoustic record right now. Dude, like, I'm telling you, mark my words by telling you that when this record come out, remember I told you that, dude, it's insane. And it's it's insane. It's all I'm, I can tell you this much. It's all stripped down with nothing but acoustic and fat ass vocals. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. That's it. It's, you know, it's it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I'm it's excited insane. about that. I'm excited. Yeah, well, Eric, man, I really appreciate you taking the time with me today, and I, um, you know, just like keep in touch and let me know uh, where I can find the music when it comes out. You know, I know you uh, you guys are always posting and being being good about that. Yes, um, congratulations on all the awards, man. What a what a what a what a great honor to see you uh, be um, lifted up by the community and recognized. You, I'm Thank so you. thankful for that, and um, you know, just thanks for 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 being a friend and 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 actualizing yourself uh, in this world in such a beautiful way, man. I I love you, brother. 
Thank you. Also, want to tell you, I did see uh, you took a stab at uh, at the backing track that I did. I saw that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I love it. It was so funky, man. Yeah, love- man. Yeah, man. And I love seeing you on drums and bass too. It's just like oh, people yeah. forget that that you're like way skilled at both those other instruments, you know. <laughs> Thank you, uh, man. I I'll keep playing. Cool, yeah. I'll keep playing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I'll cut Thank it off know. here, brother. But uh, yeah, man. I hope you have a really great day in the studio, and please Thank give you. my best to Ladonna. I will do, man. Thank you, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. <laughs>